Hello and welcome to episode number 295 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Not bad. I did have a little bit of a moment just then where I was like, what movie are we talking about this week? Because you started talking and then it came back to me. I'm I'm all good. I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm clued up. Don't worry. Hopefully you've seen it, um, because yeah, I didn't watch it with you, because um, we weren't at the cinema, sadly. Um, not like last week, where that was, oh, what a time that was, hey? I can't believe oh, that was man. only last week. If Crazy only right. I want to relive it already. Um, but yeah, if you haven't, go check out last week's show where we talked about The Northman. Um, but yeah, we're going to be uh, back on Netflix, which there's a lot of like Netflix releases uh, coming soon. Obviously, that big TV one next month, which is very exciting. Nobody. Um, but uh, yeah, a few little movies as well. This one, Choose or Die, uh, came out last week as well. Um, we kind of covered it in the news as well. I had a very interesting little premise, um, mm. interesting idea that we haven't really seen done before. Um, so yeah, we'll get to that one shortly. Um, as far as news, a little bit here, not really too much this week, as usual. Um, this first one, I just kind of threw it in here because I just want to talk about this movie. Um, because sure. it's easily like the most, you know, the biggest like next horror movie which we've got, um, which is uh, Alex Garland's Men, um, which is out next month. Everywhere uh, in our cinema. Yeah, it's great and to I see it. it. Like it's really getting promoted, <clears throat> which is fantastic. And and so fingers crossed we'll be getting it. Like I think we will, but uh, you never know until you're in the cinema. Um, yeah. we've, learned, uh, we've learned from A Quiet Place Part 2, unless we're in the cinema. Then, yeah, and even then a fire alarm could go off <laughs> yeah exactly and the movie might just not turn on again um that's a deep cut for podcast listening <laughs> yeah um but yeah like we've obviously been talking about it in coming weeks getting more and more excited for it we kind of was talking about how like it is bizarre that obviously this guy made like two straight up sci-fi movies for his first two movies that he directed mm-hmm. um and now he's obviously gone to a horror film um which obviously has experience writing well, um but yeah there's a little quote about it where he was kind of clarifying the genre this week um he was talking to empire online and he said uh yeah it's not sci-fi uh if we're going to get into subgenres, the subgenre here is folk horror um he then continued uh it's the horror of rural england it's certain kinds of churches certain kinds of forests the shadows within dark green that kind of thing um nice. which it's such a small quote, but immediately it just filled me with joy um, because this is exactly what I want. Um, yeah. It's exactly what I want in general. Like we talk about it all the time, but we want more horror movies set in rural England. But the fact that it's by a guy who has made two 10 out of 10 movies so far. Um, I'd be happy if this movie was coming out by anyone. The yeah. fact it's coming out by someone that we actively, you know, would watch their movies day one anyway mm. it's like it's perfect exactly so this is just this is just speaking all the right things and yeah so there isn't really too much here but i'm just i'm so excited for this movie like it's it's only a month away you know a few weeks away um so yeah i hope it's a good one because yeah the, i love the trailer but it's the trailer is bizarre like there's so much to unpack in it and i'm i'm trying not to think about it too much because i don't want to start mm. thinking about like character motivations and what does this scene mean and stuff so yeah i'm just i'm really looking forward to it like i i'd be really really shocked if this isn't a fantastic movie like i say because alex garland just has such good pedigree um i did remember as well because i mentioned it a few weeks ago during our conversations (laughs) of men that he obviously did a tv show as his last thing that he did um called devs where he did like the mike flanagan of writing and directing every episode um that's on disney plus in the uk um yeah because i saw it on there it was weird because i watched it on iplayer in the uk where it just all went on there at once um so it's kind of weird that it's gone but yeah it's still around and easy to get for people and yeah i'd highly recommend it if you're into your sci-fi like it's super sci-fi um but i really really liked it um but yeah moving on uh speaking of kind of guys known for their science fiction um as well as horror uh mr cronenberg uh obviously david cronenberg not his son brandon which i don't know maybe we talked about what he's doing next i honestly can't remember at this point like i feel like oh yeah no we did didn't we and your your upcoming preview his so, next yeah. movie was on there i think which we thought probably doesn't come out this year mm-hmm. um i can't remember too much about it i just i could have sworn we, we talked about brandon cronenberg's next movie um but obviously david um is returning and yeah, it's crazy. 
yeah so it's it's a sci-fi horror project being uh, titled um called crimes of the future and there was like a small teaser that came out a few weeks ago that i did watch didn't put it in the news because it's only about a minute long um but it does look interesting it looks very cronenberg a lot of weird metal <laughs> body horror um which but... he likes to do um but we do have a release date now um and it's apparently uh releasing um on june 10th so this one's also pretty nice. soon like this is kind of what's been this year i think is that we're in the quiet place now um no pun intended and i honestly feel like once we hit may it's going to be very busy for like may june and july um because there's a lot of big summer horror this year um weirdly enough and i don't know why that is um but this is another big name director like that's awesome first and foremost like i'm really excited to be covering like a cronenberg movie properly for the podcast obviously david cronenberg oh, definitely, definitely. um i kind of want to get through more of his movies <laughs> i finished watching all of his 80s movies and then stopped um i think it was at oh god i can't remember the name the uh it's called like naked something um i can't remember what it's called but that was the one i got to and then obviously i was going to go back and rewatch like his stuff in the 70s mm. um because i never saw what was it? Um, Rabbit. Yeah, and... you never saw Rabbit, which was. Yeah, there's another uh, one as well. Um, oh, God. Oh, is it? Oh, God. Shivers? I was going to say Shivers, but I thought you saw Shivers. Uh, if it's in this, I only saw all of his 80s movies. Um, oh, okay, right. Possibly then. Yeah, so I do. And obviously, he still has loads. Like, I want to properly watch A History of Violence because I've only seen, like, clips of that. Um, so he has just so many movies. Um, mm. Yeah, it was Shivers. Yeah, Shivers and Rabbit. Oh, okay. And fast company and the brood like he did so many movies <laughs> um oh yeah dead ringers oh yeah that was a dead ringers was the last one i watched and naked lunch was the one in the 90s that i was gonna watch but i didn't get around to it um so yeah I, I would like to watch some more obviously before but yeah we get to watch a new one hopefully it's good it's got an interesting cast as well like um off the top of my head i know vigo mortensen is in it and um uh, leah sado um so there's a couple of good actors in it um so yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting though is it like he's one of those guys that obviously we we kind of put him in that legendary category which he deserves with like you know where's craven with john carpenter and it's weird to think that we'll have a new one of his movies that we're mm. you know we're not doing a retrospective it's like a brand new 2022 release by david cronenberg no, nice. like what does that look like um in so long as well hasn't it like it was like eight or ten years or something yeah since he done like proper horror it's been a while mm. um <clears throat> So yeah, who knows? Like maybe seeing Brandon's movie kind of gave him that 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 drive um, to kick on. Um, but yeah, that'll be cool. And then yeah, lastly, th- this is just a small, interesting one really because I love when we we watch these like indie movies that really leave an lasting impact on us. And I always want to know what mm-hmm. the people are doing next. And I think one of the ones that like easily one of our favorite movies at Fright Fest um, was Summer of '84. Um, oh, yeah. which is just incredible movie if people haven't seen summer of 84 like i don't want to say anything about it because it's so good and people just need to watch it um but it's a collective of three directors that kind of made that movie and um their previous movie before that was turbo kid um which i've also seen and so i've kind of been eagerly anticipating what their next project is and they apparently now have it um courtesy of variety um they are making a brand new uh, horror comedy um called we are zombies um and it's based upon a comic book series in canada um called the zombies that ate the world um and basically they're saying that it's a uh the, the kind of short synopsis is it's a high concept movie that is set in a city breeding non-cannibal zombies who are considered living impaired um so yeah it sounds very tongue-in-cheek and it sounds very goofy and um definitely more in line with what turbo kid was um have you have you seen turbo kid no i never saw turbo kid it is good it's like this post-apocalyptic thing um i did enjoy it definitely not as much as summer of 84 mm. um obviously I mean, I like, that's hard, though. yeah and i just i like the more serious tone like yes there's jokes in summer of 84 but i think when it got really dark it really landed whereas yeah turbo kid is very much like i watched it post psycho gorman and so like i was expecting that and it obviously wasn't that but it's very tonally similar to pg um so yeah this sounds more up that alley but either way like i've it's been a long time coming um because i thought we would have seen something out of these guys before because mm. i think yeah was it like 2017 maybe um when we saw summer of 84 yeah it was, it was a, a it was one of yeah. the first fright fest wasn't it 
Yeah, so it's getting to it's at least four, maybe five years old at this point. Mm. Let alone when this comes out, it might be five or six. So, yeah, like I'm obviously it's a nightmare making indie movies, and so you just oh, pray and it's a miracle getting anything made. Um, <laughs> I also hope as well. Like I, it was such a weird pipe dream, and I'm sure it will never happen. But I always wanted the sequel to Summer of '84, like oh ten God, years yeah. later, um, because with the with what happens in the story, without giving it away, and the, the fact that it was so nostalgic in the '80s, you know, bringing it to the '90s, Summer of '90. 10 years later to perfectly resolve that storyline with the hopefully the same cast 10 years older um it would be incredible but yeah that's something that's so wishful thinking when it comes to indie <laughs> filmmaking so i was gonna uh, say there's there's like you know there's there's wishful thinking and then there's that but, exactly uh, you know let's put it big yeah let's put it out there and hopefully this is like they were always going to make a movie in the interim like it was never going to be the next movie so i'm kind of glad and hopefully this movie becomes the most popular movie of all time and uh, then they can make what they want and hopefully they they want to also make a sequel to summer of 84 um but yeah i'm definitely going to keep our eyes built for that one um so yeah we are zombies which is probably going to be a 2023 release um Sounds cool. But yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, that is it for the news this week. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Choose or Die. So, yeah, we kind of said about it um, a few weeks ago, like when we got the proper trailer. Um, but this was actually featured in the news a long time ago. Like it was one of those classic, like the second it got announced, it was in our news mm-hmm. um, when it had a yeah. different title uh, going by Cursor. Um, and all we kind of oh, knew was like, <laughs> yeah, all we kind of knew was like, oh, it's this old haunted video game. And Robert England has something to do with it. And we were like, right, we're in. We're definitely watching yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Because you know, I'm surprised at that point whether Robert England had done his phone call to like get his paycheck at that point. But like, (laughs) are you just getting straight into the analysis of the film? (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, they they got his name on this project early. Uh huh. Well, listen, with cameo these days, you can just record like a two minute clip and just be done, mate. Honestly, (laughs) I thought that. I thought like. Is this the first time there's ever been an IMDb credit for a cameo video? That's what it feels um, like, doesn't it? Because it was just like, hi, this is Robert England. You might know me from a nightmare on the street. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could get this exact audio if I needed it. I, it really was, wasn't it? Like, it just had that vibe where he was very jovial and he was like, yeah, half, he was playing himself, but he was half like, occasionally he would say half a word in the cadence half. of Freddy, yeah. where he was kind of like yeah. doing a little impression to like, you know, pop the fans. Like, it yeah. was bizarre. While, he, while he's up there, like, in, in bed, yeah. like, recording some cameos. Wine and shirt on, cigarette <laughs> yeah. in hand. It's cigar, mate. Cigar. <laughs> yeah. It's Robert England, mate. He doesn't do things by half. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. so that's our review of choose or die <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back to cinema next week or... <laughs> oh it's gonna be one of those weeks isn't it <laughs> i can just tell already oh, that we've, we've gone full silly straight away oh man listen to last right. week if you want a really serious discussion <laughs> let me let me spell it back i guess uh choose or die mm-hmm. so yeah you kind of mentioned it earlier kind of the brief synopsis but basically um I don't know. Isaac, I think our lead kind of guy is, and Kayla is it the girl? I think Isaac and Kayla. Yeah. Um, but basically, they discover uh, um, Isaac as like this kind of tech restorer slash nerd slash bum slash <laughs> IT guy slash and, fake American accent. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of things, and almost and almost and also nothing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> also devoid of any sort of real character. <laughs> so he um has got like this just yeah, all of these kind of old tech and they discover this video game from the eighties and kind of reading the 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 oh it's so ridiculous. Reading like the the instruction manual, they discover that there's a hundred thousand pound or a hundred thousand dollar prize for beating the game or solving a puzzle within the game. Mm. And Isaac is like, oh, yeah, didn't you know? There's, like, t- 
tons of video games from the 80s that have unclaimed <laughs> prizes and it's like this isn't bitcoin mate like if 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 that statement of fact is if that statement is true those companies have gone under by now mate like you know it's unclaimed and it will never be claimed at this point you know there's not like a a bag of money hidden somewhere that, that I was, can be discovered i was just thinking about it as well where i just realized the writing correlation for a part of it because i was as you were just saying that i was thinking oh yeah it'd be really stupid because like 80 I'm, i don't know how it works in america but i know in england like if you found money from the 80s our money has changed so much yeah, since that's, then. that's not legal yeah. tender anymore and it'd be very bag of money yeah. yeah it'd be very difficult to try and change like over 10k's worth of old money notes they'd be like why the hell have you got this um, I, don't think they, I, don't, I don't know if they would but no yeah i mean basically it needs to be buried gold bunions but, well and, and that's then, the thing then, so then, then i'm in 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 the movie he's like oh yeah my friend did it and he basically found like a link to a paypal account with the money like that's what he says in the movie <laughs> he didn't yeah, he says a link to a PayPal account. And I was like, oh, I didn't oh even realize God. it at the time. But I realized that they've just done the mental mental gymnastics that I just did. But they were like, yeah. oh, but we can't just say it's money because someone will say the reason why I just said. So they're but then just it's like PayPal was a thing in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it's just they got to the wrong. They got to the same wrong outcome, yeah. but they just went down a different path. They, to get they, there. Needed, they needed the MacGuffin of how to get, you know, how this prize could still exist. Mm. You know? I mean, it would it would be good if it was actually just like it takes you to a like a literal pot of gold. Mm. That's what it needs to be. Like solve this. There, there is a pot of gold hidden somewhere in America, <laughs> and you solve this puzzle. And I mean, th- th- what about that movie? What what would you make of that movie? I mean, I'd rather just have like Apple shares or something from the eighties. Yeah, I but, feel like yeah, that's but, like the best thing you could get. <laughs> yeah, but if it was a pot of gold that you're trying to find, then there could be leprechauns in this movie. Mm. That's true. But anyway, instead, we're looking for a PayPal account, mm. uh, potentially. But basically, um, this kind of forces Kayla, or doesn't force her, but kind of entices her to boot up the game. Uh, apparently, you could just play on a cassette player. Like, it, did, did you see that when she first boots it up in the cafe? Like, was that an external C, uh, cassette drive, I guess? For a it was. Laptop? I did notice that, yeah. yeah it was, it was like USB so to cassette. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, again, trying to have like modern tech with this 80s tech. And then she boots this game up on her laptop. Mm. and um, She like, yeah, rips very, it like a zip file, basically, and just puts yeah, it on her laptop. Yeah, very quickly discovers that this game isn't all what it seems. It basically starts to uh, mimic real life. So the game is kind of um, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure story, basically. Mm. And... Um, it, it's describing her sat in the, the the diner that she's in and kind of it says like oh she puts her coffee down in shock as she just puts her coffee down in shock as she's reading it and kind of it's yeah it's living her life through the words on screen and then kind of suddenly it will say you know the waitress comes along do you want a coffee or do you want a burger and you kind of you know play on screen what you want to have happen in real life um and then very quickly uh those decisions become very sinister um and I, to, to kind of explain it this whole kind of opening shtick in the in the cafe is kind of in the diner was um basically leading up to the the waitress you have to choose whether she eats glass or do something else i can't remember what the options were now yeah it was um, it was break glass or do something else and then it's like clean it or keep breaking or something yeah but basically if if you stop playing the game you die mm. hence the title of the movie choose or die so whenever you're given one of these 50 50s you then have to make a decision as to what you want to do otherwise you will die it was never i mean i i, I can't say i've i had the the, the most switched on attention span throughout the watch of this movie, but it never really kind of was clear to me what the threat was mm. it, of death. Do you know what I mean? Like, like what's going to happen? Are you going to get like, your head's going to explode? Like there's one point when she kind of doesn't make a decision quickly and she starts holding her head and screaming. So I'm assuming mm. like there's loud noises or something goes on in her head and it will just be like head explosion. But it was, it was very unclear. Like what the, it wasn't like a grim reaper was coming at you to kill you. 
No, well, the game is so powerful to the point where, yeah, it almost has no consequences because it has too much power. Because, yeah, like in that the cafe sequence, it changes everything. Like when it when it gives her the option, and it's like cafe, um, coffee, coffee or cake. It like changes the menu, like the physical menu that's in her hand. So they're the only two options written over and over again. And so I like that where it's this cool visual trick, um, where it is just kind of like manipulating the world around her, like she's in a game, even though she's still in reality, but then yeah it there is a point where i do start to really lose track of what the rules are and especially when they they really start to break it in some weird ways later on um yeah when you get to the point where there's like you're in a room and then suddenly two doorways appear you know Mm. it's it's mind trickery to make you think you're seeing something on a menu that you could still explain away that that was her brain seeing just the two options and Mm. all the options were there but then there are doors that characters then walk through yeah so unless they've unless they've just walked headfirst into a wall in real life like that that the game is is actually affecting the real world no, like it, say, it definitely is there's, there's yeah. so much evidence for it oh like, yeah for and, and, and yeah that's a very kind of literal kind of you know decision mm. uh, which yeah obviously then gives the game much stronger consequence but but yeah basically if you don't play the game uh you know choose or die basically and once you once you get through so many of these decisions you complete the level and the game will automatically boot up in 24 hours time so we have this um kind of day night cycle routine going on where then she has 24 hours to kind of just fucking waste her time basically (laughs) just just literally do nothing to help solve her problem and then she's like, oh, it's 2 a.m. again, because the first time she plays the game is also 2 a.m., which is just, you know, I mean, it kind of makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's the movie then is basically her, yeah, going through her day, trying to figure this out when the 24 hours ticks over, having to play another level and kind of each level, I guess, is um, I guess is higher stakes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, each level has its gimmick. And I think that's where this movie um, really needed to to sink or swim. I think, you know, the, the, the the whole premise that I've described is kind of what got us in. You know, you've got to play this game and it has real life consequences and you've got to make a decision and choose or die, you know, what happens. And it, it really is in then those scenarios, you know, is it going to be something that's gripping? Is it compelling? Or is it just, you know, fairly standard or just not that exciting? Um, you know, and I, I think that's what hinges this movie. You know, if, if those scenarios, it's a bit like the escape room movies mm. that we've seen. You know, if those escape rooms are really exciting, the movie's fun. If those escape rooms are unimaginative, the, the movie's not fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's why when we watch those escape room movies, we're like, God, these movies are kind of a train wreck, but the escape rooms are quite fun at times. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, do you want to, do you want to go into this one a little bit? Yeah, it's, it is a weird one. I feel like it's almost all over the shop where I just have so many different feelings about different parts of it. So I'll try and just start from the start really and work my way through it. Cause I think that the, the opening is pretty strong. Um, where you just see like this random dude who has played the game in the past. Um, and that's kind of cool that like, they easily set up kind of what the game is. And it's a, a fairly short scene, you know, like your bog standard kind of horror opener. But I thought it was pretty decent. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like they're already showing off the game. This will be fun. Um, we then obviously get introduced to like I guess our lead um, and like her yeah, friend, and she's just such a boring character. Like everything about her is boring, and I, and I think it's they try so hard with this really boring backstory and sob story that just doesn't work at all. Where it's like, all right, I get it. You're looking after your mom. You've had this family tragedy. You got no money. Blah blah blah. But it's just so caked on so thick where you just i just didn't care at all um about her journey and then let alone like the back and forth between her and isaac there was just nothing there that i found interesting it wasn't funny it wasn't cute it wasn't interesting it just wasn't anything um but you, but you can see that exactly and, and then it's like i mean yeah, i may as well say it again now but his american accent was god awful it, it was so bad um like this this is weird because 
like a movie we saw a few weeks ago this is apparently a british production um filled with british actors but they're clearly set in america with with fake american accents and i'm just like is this a thing now like because because if i have a new favorite thing to hate it's this it's a british movie trying to be an american movie like i didn't think i hated something that much and now that i've verbalized it i'm like yep that's the thing like i can't stand that um and as we've just discussed about men like i love a movie that is british that can't wait to be british um yeah. and so like this Almost is just our number one movie last year exactly and it's not even just because we want every you know british movie to be british or whatever but it's like if we're watching a british movie i want it to be a british movie um so it's just weird to see something like this and and then even if you're going to do that it's like we'll cast american actors like i don't get why you have um like eddie marzen who's a great actor who's just in this playing an american but at least he can like pass it because he's a very good actor but like the, the the guy um isaac who's obviously from sex education on netflix as well like his his accent is just abysmal and like i feel like the way he tries to get away with it is he basically just mumbles for all of his lines um because <laughs> you can hardly hear what he's even saying um because it's so like unsustained the way he's talking but it's basically just those netflix chains where they're just like you, you you're doing some more projects so yeah it definitely it really feels like that of like yeah you sign that netflix tv deal and then you get palmed off on a few different projects and this just feels like one because he's not he's not suited to this character at all um it's a really worthless character that there's just nothing for him to even do in this character um so yeah that that character is just abysmal and then i just don't think kayla is interesting as a lead at all um so then actually getting to the game part of it like when we get that opening scene in the cafe, I thought it was good. Like, I did like it. It was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, I, I really liked the way it was playing with her reality. Um, and at that point, I was interested of like, oh, is it, you know, is she just seeing it? And is this going to be kind of like a, a mental health study by the end of it? Or is it just fucking with everything? And it, it really doesn't even remotely have anything to say about that stuff, which is a shame. Um, but it was cool. It was fairly interesting to look at and but then like you say it gets in this very strict day and night cycle that we talk about a lot with horror where it's like it's it's you're conditioned as a horror fan to just switch your brain off when the game's not happening because the movie's telling you this shit don't matter like oh it's going to be her running around doing literally nothing for 10 or 15 minutes and then as soon as we show you a clock on screen that goes dunk and the second clicks over it hits 2 a.m that's like right time to watch the movie again wake up and it's like come on like that's what you think of your audience and you're conditioning us in a bad way that i don't like. like i don't want to feel that way watching a movie i want to feel switched on and entertained and intrigued by every scene um so that really annoys me like the day and night cycle stuff is just such a bad trope that we need to just kill in horror um and yeah and then it just it just kind of the games don't get progressively better i did like the kind of rat one because it was just weird and like i really didn't expect it um they could have maybe shown us a bit more but i did like it as a concept and it definitely played into the whole game aspect of it which probably more than any of the other actual games did um so that was good but then even after that i'm struggling to remember from the rat scene to like the quote-unquote final boss scene um yeah i I, I can't remember like anything in that like 30 minute spell um which just shows you how switched off i was and i didn't care about her journey i didn't care i wasn't invested in the stakes of the game at all even to the point that i was in like the escape room films where i was kind of like okay we're progressing through these rooms we're getting less numbers i'm interested to see who survives and who doesn't whereas i didn't care like if at any point she just didn't choose and she did die i wouldn't have cared in the slightest um i do think the the final boss scene that i mentioned obviously without going into it too much because it is very much towards the end that scene's great like it's it's easily the best scene in the movie i thought um just very an interesting concept that i wasn't expecting that is actually done really well um and like has multiple characters doing multiple things that all felt like it it mattered in that scene so yeah i really I think that kind of like five to ten minutes is easily the best part of the movie. Um, And it's just a shame because this is one of those films where it's like, oh, they showed you this moment where it could have been fantastic. Um, I will say like the five or however many minutes after that, this movie has no idea how to end. And like (laughs) has some of the most laughable scenes ever where I was like, this is where you're going. I'm like, just end the movie. You could have ended it five scenes ago. And they're just like, ah, no, we've got another scene. Ah, cursor. And it's just like, it's weird. And it's 
made me realize that peter jackson really didn't take the piss with lord of the rings no he kind of had a few like you know storylines to tie up whereas this is like no the game once the game the second the game finished the movie should have ended and the movie went nah we still got a few more scenes and i was like jesus oh yeah i can't wait to find out what happens to this fucking drug dealer guy in the apartment like oh yeah i really am invested in that um that guy you saw once so let's see him get his come up yeah like all oh, that'll be satisfying but yeah it's just it's weird like it's not great a movie at all um it's i didn't hate it but it's it's so netflixy it, it's the fear that we have a lot with netflix movies it's the lowest common denominator it's this clearly isn't made for us as well it's worth noticing worth like mentioning like this is so catering towards the most casual horror fan possible to the point that i don't even think it's catering for horror fans i think it's just catering to netflix users who might throw on a horror movie you know it's oh it's october i want to throw something on oh there's a bit where someone eats some glass and that made me scream a bit that was fun like that is it's it's even lower than like the escape room audience it really is and and it does that fine you know netflix does have a certain guile to kind of pull these things off they really drop like a complete clangor just like a complete you know a piece of absolute yeah. shit whereas this is just like it's it's so passable and okay and there are some scenes that i did really enjoy but i needed so much more i needed so much more with the game um the whole like bringing retro into new technology i'm really fascinated by that i think the kind of juxtaposition of those two things you can create such interesting stuff um bringing old retro tech into new and, and how different they are whereas this this doesn't do anything like i say they they discover an old video game she puts it on a laptop and then from that point on it's just a game that she's playing in 2022 and all, but apparently the graphics are shit. It's like nothing like music in particular is like when you're hitting nostalgia and retro, I think music probably plays a part more than anything. And you can really make people feel certain emotions just through music. And I really expected more from a Netflix movie where I didn't want like loads of licensed stuff, but you, I always expect stuff with Netflix. And this has one of the most forgettable just soundtracks and scores ever. It, it is just like that, that classic, oh, there's a generic old video game in the background of a TV show. What does it sound like? And it's like, oh yeah, vaguely like Space Invaders or whatever. But like, that's, this your whole movie. Like your whole movie is about that classic game. So give it a, a, a clear identity and make me remember the video game part of it, which, I've already forgotten, and like I say, Robert England is just so underutilized. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, to the point where like there is a voice and and text on screen, but like he's barely used. To the point where yeah, it really did feel like this this cameo because he does this intro to the game, and then they play that like three or four times throughout the movie. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And then they keep doing this whole like, oh, we're going to the source of the video game. We're going to find out. And I'm like, please. Like, yeah, I'm like, please just have him sitting in a room and just give us one scene of him, of him being great. Like like what you'd get in like um, Creep Show, where you'd get that yeah. one classic horror actor. They, they've only got him for a day, but here's Keith David. He's brilliant for 10 minutes. Like I, I just wanted that from Robert England and we just never got that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. This, this one just was a bit of a miss for me, which is a shame because I was really intrigued in this concept and they do nail it in like one or two scenes but the vast majority of the movie is just nowhere near yeah this this one was was pretty painful for me i think um you know i, I agree with you the opening scene you know sets it up quite well in an interesting way and i did enjoy the diner scene as well i i didn't enjoy pretty much any of the other ones i think the, the diner scene did a really good job of um starting to give you rules and starting to give you kind of what this world is and the fact that, you know, she has to make a decision. If she tries to go over to the waitress, uh, uh, kind of another person who's in the in the diner becomes like an NPC and mm. kind of blocks her off and stuff. And, like, I, I, I liked that. And I thought, oh, okay, this is cool that, like, you know, it's making – it's forcing you to play the game. It's taking over the world and kind of that world you're in. And – um you know okay cool and then and then then it just got instantly into that day night cycle like i said the 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 five or ten minutes that you've got in between the game showing up it really does just say to you just go make a go make a drink go do whatever come back in 10 minutes and and you'll have round two of the game Mm. um because it's so inconsequential and just so mind-numbing and it is because that the characters just 
yeah, there's nothing interesting about any of the characters in this movie. Um, I think, yeah, the most interesting character by a mile is is Eddie Marson's character mm. and just that whole family dynamic and them living with the game. Like that's that's way more exciting yeah. than anything else we've got from Definitely. Eddie the character. And they're only in two scenes. Yeah. Um, but um, but but yeah, the, the rest of the games. Um, it's what I said, kind of when I was when I was synopsizing the movie that the the movie does hinge on whether those games are fun or not. I really didn't enjoy any of the other ones. The the, the rat one, it just it. I, I get that it was a different concept, but it just wasn't that good to look at and and wasn't that exciting. And 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 then everything beyond that, kind of when when Isaac's involved in one directly, like I didn't I didn't find that at all. Like oh just, yeah, that was dreadful. Because the other thing is, is that I kind of feel like they they call these things levels, mm. and so. You normally get like four or five, you know, choose your own adventure questions that, and then you get to the big one. But then on some levels, it's just like, here's the big question straight away. Mm. And it's like, it's just, it's very strange. And, um, and, and yeah, one of the things you said was that, you know, the, the, the identity of this video game and the soundtrack and the whole point is to hit nostalgia. And it was, it was almost made, you know, it feels like it was made by someone that doesn't, like get video games and yeah, just they knows don't, they don't have games. a love for classic games then no, it doesn't feel that way like, oh video gamers yeah that's the thing that has nostalgia mm. okay cool so if we just have some like and that's where these characters are just like oh yeah we'll just write this guy that's just like yeah. surrounded by tech and he'll he'll love retro shit and then the girl she'll just be a bit like you know grungy and a bit you know miserable and so she, she'll like this shit as well mm. and then they're like oh yeah then we'll just play like you know some arbitrary 8-bit music and people will just go weak at the knees for it and it's like <laughs> no like you you know you, you've got to actually know what you're what you're trying to do here and and yeah this this game just didn't feel um you know as you said you know when you when you watch a just random film or tv show and it just like has a a game in the background and it's just like bing 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 and i'm like okay yeah it's just trying to be there for no you know it's not it's not the integral part of the movie so we'll give it a break for being cheesy but when when it is and it just you know there's no um the the music is one thing which is the biggest thing with these 8-bit 80s games but beyond that it's the the way the game looks the game just doesn't have no identity mm. it's mostly words on a screen and then you occasionally get this weird image that just isn't an attractive like art style it doesn't give you any sort of you know vibe to other other games that, that have existed um you know it, it, you think of something like a, you know a castlevania or something it could have tried to be dark and gothic like that but it just doesn't feel like it's trying to latch on to any of of the big games that have gone gone by in the past yeah um and yeah i you know i i agree with you that the finale was good if we'd have if i'd have been in a remotely good place getting into the finale maybe i'd have liked it way more i think by the time i got there i was completely switched off already yeah um so i just didn't didn't really care um but it, it, you know, it probably was one of the better parts of the movie, which is great because you want your best parts to be at the end. You know, you want there to be enjoyment at the end, but when there's just nothing in the the middle, um, it just it, it. I was too far removed at that point, um, and and yeah, it's just it. It really is, you know. It, it's I was going to say it's kind of the worst thing that, to get from a Netflix movie, and it, it's definitely not because there are. At, utter trash out there but this is almost worse for me because this is exactly catering to just a netflix audience not a horror audience and it's basically just trying to be this paint by numbers horror movie to get you know to get people to click that link and and have a cool little 20 second netflix netflix promo to then get you in and be like it's got the guy from sex education and you know, Freddy Krueger, right. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and it just kind of that, that's what really irks me the most that, you know, you, you're going to see this like heavily promoted and get like people to watch just because it's Netflix doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I just, I just feel like now it becomes, you know, maybe I'm just in a bad headspace after watching this, but it just starts to feel like Netflix really is starting to go that way, 
where it's it's rarer to get to get the gems and get you know get get the goods gets good stuff and and it's just so much of this you know even the stuff that we've liked is is still airing towards the side of that more often than not but we kind of it's good enough to to get a bit of a pass off us um but but you know a movie like this is just completely catering to the, the non-hardcore which isn't always a problem but just when it's when it has no substance either it just becomes as you said not not for us and not for not for our audience at all i don't think yeah it's weird right because like we <laughs> want to like all horror and every forms of it and then yeah mm. this is one of those ones where it's almost like a a non-horror like it's a stealth non-horror mm. movie where it is designed for people that aren't really into horror to say oh yeah i kind of like that um it's what it makes me really appreciate what they did with the fair street movies even more as yeah, well because like those movies were yes they have their problems but like i still remember those characters i still can remember their relationships and how much i cared and was invested in those characters i'm like i'm just struggling to remember anything or or why they would even remotely think anyone would give a shit about isaac and kayla in this movie like they're just so poorly written um with just no level of substance or even levity at times or hey you can relate to them there's just nothing they're just such these like they try and portray them in such a oh woe is me type and and i guess that's what they're going for is that they clearly just going for sympathy um mm. but it just doesn't work in the slightest which is a shame um the other I think, thing is I think the, the the thing is as well like with their that whole kind of love interest that they have going on between mm. them and him just being like this soppy puppy and kind of chasing after her it was just so tragic in the way yeah. that it was you know, just just pathetic, really, from everyone. And mm. you're just like, why is this like the the angle that you're gonna like the hill you're gonna die on? And him him just being like, well, I like you, mm. and and making a joke about it up until the end of this movie with him, where it's just like he's like, well, you know, you're gonna like me eventually. She's like, no, I'm not. Mm. And it's just like, oh my god, like, you know, it, yeah, like I said, the, the, those two characters were up there with the worst part of this movie and if you know if that's your lead characters then you're in a bad place yeah for sure um it's it's just a sad one because yeah i think a a horror movie about this could work so well um i love stuff like this like i played a pc game last year called inscription which is very similar to this in terms of it's about an old retro game that someone's finds it's like a card game and on their pc and they put it in like an old floppy disk get it working on a modern computer and then it becomes like a escape room where they're tied to this card game but then it has like an arg element where they're going out in the real world and finding coordinates and digging stuff up through these like live action footage that they filmed um and it just has so much in it and i think man that as just a straight up thing that you watch rather than something that i was Mm. watching and playing could be so good um and i think that's why i probably had good expectations for that because i love anything like this where it kind of melds those like the game in aspect but with the haunting aspect i mean even that weird old film back in the day was it called like stay alive um stay alive still still the benchmark yeah like anything and like that um the the black mirror episode was fantastic as well um you know with all the game and stuff and even that i remember that game had such like an identity as like a horror game um i think that's the biggest thing really is that this it was like say this movie was originally called cursor and i almost wonder if one of the main reasons why they changed the title to choose or die was just because the actual game is so unmemorable um where that is what yeah, the, the like, biggest we can't, we can't call the movie cursor it's not about yeah. this. like there's so much about this which is wrong like the, obviously the characters are terrible it needs more story getting robert england to just do a cameo is like honestly laughable um but just just nailing the game aspect of it i would have come out of this very positive and i'd have been like you know what they represented like old retro games very well um but i can't even give them that so yeah there, there is some sequences like i said that i enjoy especially the boss battle thing like i wish they would have done more with that element um because that worked really well that was one of the few times i actually thought they got across like the video game aspect in the real world really really well um it was a clever twist on hmm. two people that need to you know battle each other yeah and not just have like them throwing punches at each other and in a non-exciting way yeah i think they job with that yeah and having like the two extra characters as well who are torn and kind of their allegiances like yeah just i i thought that that scene was really good like it's it's just a shame like i don't know why it almost makes me wonder if that was where they first came up with the concept of the game was like oh it's going to be this game that makes you fight other people or whatever and then then kind of like they've extrapolated this movie from that cool concept um 
<laughs> yeah, but but who knows? Um, I think I think obviously may as well go into recommendations. Like, I did. I definitely didn't hate it. We we've seen worse movies this year. I think sadly we'll definitely see more worse movies this year. Um, but it's you can't. I can't recommend this, even though like it's it's so insanely short, which is which I'm thankful for. You know, when it's when it's under eighty minutes. It's- it's crap but it's short but it's it's just again it's it needs to still respect your time and if you're going to write a movie that has a day and night cycle you better make sure you have an interesting characters um because there are plenty of movies that do that that fall into that trap um obviously there aren't many because that is a pet peeve of ours um but but there are some out there like the conjuring 2 is a great example like i didn't i did not give a shit about the stuff that happened in the day um but yeah this 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 just ain't it and it's 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 a shame for netflix because i i feel like they this is almost like i think it perfectly designed where the, i think the outcome of what the movie is was exactly what they wanted the movie to be like i don't yeah. think they were trying to please us with this movie i think they were trying to make the most forgettable but passable yeah. horror film oh they're like the, we've done it we've done it like it's they're like does the 20 sec does it have a title that sounds like a horror movie yeah does it have a horror star in it that people will recognize does it have a netflix person that mm. people that watch if you liked uh, <laughs> this then you'll like this yeah and and um can we do a 20 second clip of it it cut into a little netflixy trailer thing that will look half decent mm. yeah show the woman eating glass <laughs> show you know a couple other things and yeah it'll look they're like well we've done this yeah like, do you want to see the rest of the movie no 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 don't need to see the rest of the movie yeah and i think i think some people will like they will like especially if it's like a casual art audience in like october even like i feel like almost this is designed around watching it with people as well because of the fact that there are so many lols where you can just talk shit and then be like oh wait the game's on let's pay attention to this part um (laughs) which that's what it felt like to me and i think i've never known a movie to feel like it has ad breaks yeah definitely yeah it was like oh um our lead characters on the screen time the piss break you know it was just... in 10 minutes and yeah. you'll see level two of cursor well there has been talks about um netflix because they're struggling with subscribers to, to start bringing in adverts so uh, maybe oh, this is them stealth doing it by just having really unwatchable bullshit every 10 minutes um yeah you know what you might as well have ads like <laughs> we're gonna keep making movies like this unless we can put ads in so it's your call i really but... so I, now i'm thinking oh i should have concentrated during those bits because what she just like close up drinking a pepsi on the on the screen he was, he was listening to a sony walkman <laughs> yeah. oh, it's always sony in it um yeah, but yeah sony. no i think uh, i think as far as our recommendations nah wouldn't, i wouldn't recommend it um, yeah i don't i don't recommend this in the slightest <laughs> like it, it's just really not in any way something that um is for like you say for, for the horror audience for for our audience it's just not 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 for them at all i think escape room us. is like the closest thing because that is clearly catering to an extremely mm. casual audience and i but i still find fun in that like we've seen them yeah, both it, it, i i got, enjoyed parts yeah. of both of them um so they can still cater to us even though they're clearly going not for us you know with those mm. movies um so i think that's what this could have been but it but it's not this they 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 rejected us they were like now we don't want you like <laughs> um yeah. so yeah it is what it is um but yeah that was our discussion on choose or die uh we'll take a short break and we will be right So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for another week. One movie actually over the weekend, which I will just briefly Go mention because uh, it's one we've we've spoke about many times. But I will never ever be tired of talking about this movie because it's it's funny again. Well, I probably did. Uh, at this point, I don't even know. Like, I just have like an actual screen with it on, just twenty four seven. I mean, it's like ask me if I watched Terminator Two in the last fortnight. I mean, yeah. probably. I, yeah, like I, I just know. have it as like a live wallpaper. Um, yeah. But no, I I did. Um, I watched our number one movie of last year, Last Night in Soho, um, which is just fast becoming one of my all-time favorite movies um, because every time I've watched it, I've loved it even more. Um, I notice more things about it that I love. Um, I listened to one of the commentary tracks now on the on the 4K, which was really good. It was the one with Edgar and the the co-writer Christie, and which was brilliant. Um, just so much insight into kind of where the construction of this story. I also love that it is from two people because 
this was an idea that kind of Edgar had a very long time ago yeah. about rooting a horror movie in the 60s um, in Soho. And then kind of then getting like a female perspective to add like her struggles of, of living of, like she moved to London at a young age and struggled a lot. And so I just think they were such a perfect duo to write this movie. Um, and it's yeah, it's just I love the movie so much and it will forever be a movie that will I'll always have a bee in my bonnet about people not wanting like oh, having man. not seen it where I'm just like, I don't know why this isn't so especially in this country like i think that's what offends me the most is that like if i know english people that watch movies that haven't seen last night in soho i'm like what it's, are you doing uh, with your life that's that's the thing because watch it and don't like it is one mm. thing i mean i won't understand that but yeah at least you've watched it. i'll disown you but you know? fair enough yeah but it's just like how can you yeah just just not watch it mm. you know when it's you, you know yeah, like you say, it's especially if, you know, there, there's certain groups of people that just aren't watching it that really should be. Mm. Um, I, I know for me, the second I start this movie and that first song plays mm. and we see her in her little kind of newspaper dress, I'm yeah. just like, oh, yes. Like, this movie's good. This movie's so good. And it just instantly puts me in that place. And I think every time I watch it, I just, I fall in love with her performance so mm. much. Like, I, I don't think I've ever... Like, probably since, like, Sydney as, like, a lead, like, female, where I'm just, like, she's just so endearing and kind of just so, she's mentally strong, but externally weak. Mm. You know, she she looks, you know, she talks very quiet and mousy and seems like she's very timid, but then she's an absolute powerhouse on the inside. And I just, Mm. I just love that. And, And, you know, we get to see that come out of her throughout the movie. It's, it's so special. Yeah, I think I don't think I've ever rooted for a lead character more than Ellie's journey in that movie because I no. think also she feels so alone at times where it's like you as the audience are pretty much all she has and so you kind of you really have to just get behind her but it's man it's such a special movie i'm just so happy it exists and i'm so happy edgar got to make that film and it, and it really is just a love letter to so many different things like obviously the 60s and soho but then horror and england as well um it's just fantastic i i just want more movies like this that feel iconic in england in a horror setting um mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's 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 a special movie for sure, and it, and I can already I just love that we've seen movies like, I mean, last year alone with that and Psycho Goreman in two very different cases. Like I know I'll watch and love these movies for the rest of my life, um, which yeah. is a fantastic feeling. It really is, um, and hopefully hopefully we'll get uh, some even just one movie. Obviously that's a, that is a big ask. <laughs> but if we get, if we get one movie this year that I feel one that way movie, about, obviously I'll take it. The rest of my life. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. do have a Jordan movie. So. I was going to say that is if any if anyone has a chance of doing yeah. it because considering he's already watch, done it twice. And we did watch The Northman last week. We did. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, The Northman is absolutely astounding. But like, it's a Viking movie. I'm never going to watch that as much as I watch a big purple alien. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, not going to happen. Mean, we've all got our preferences. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and that's mine don't judge me for it um i guess um I, i'll just briefly say that uh i have now completed my rewatch of stranger things so i oh, am nice bloody hell systems go yeah how the hell did you do that i've been really i've been so close to pulling the trigger on watching just the recent series but i don't even know if i can fit yeah. it in, in time because it's only what, already about four three, weeks away done. yeah um i started early because uh i thought i need enough time and i've absolutely plowed through it mm. um it's you know i just i was this your first time rewatching the last season yeah what did you think about it and it i definitely don't like it as much as one and two oh really like yeah because in my mind i think i like it more than two yeah i thought i did too um it 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 takes it takes a little bit more time to find its identity Mm. i think and and with with two, you get you get thrown straight in with Ellie, kind of you know, with Hopper and and that whole dynamic, and just the kids with the Ghostbusters stick and those just the, the I think it's the group of kids being together as mm. a group of kids. Whereas with yeah, they're with split season up a lot, three, they? season three, they're split up a lot. That they're already noticeably older, mm. and that they're trying to play with older themes. So obviously, you've got Ellie and Mike that are just like making out constantly which is jarring. <laughs> and then and then you do have the incredible dynamic of Hopper being like the angry parent and mm. taking Mike to one side and having that fantastic car journey with him. <laughs> but I think the whole 
Ellie and Max kind of going off and doing their shopping and kind of saying, I'll dump him. And then the boys talking about how to get the girl back. It was just, you know, it was just this really, it, it was, it was bang on accurate, but it was just this like young teenage love drama mm. that I just have no interest in like ever seeing that shit again. Mm. Like, you know, I'm just like, Oh, I don't need to care about what like kids are like when they first start dating. I just don't, you know, don't find that interesting. And it's so interesting, though, yeah, because I they kind of had to do that, didn't they? Like it's, it's where they're in their correct. lives. Yeah, they couldn't have gone from like you know twelve to, to eighteen. They needed to have this kind of awkward. Yeah, they could just, just like, oh, we're still yeah. playing Dungeons and Dragons every week. Like they had to kind no, of age the no. characters up at a certain point. And and they, and they do that where where they have Will who who still wants to play D yeah. and D and and they don't want to play it with him. Mm. And, and you know it, yeah, it does feel genuine, but it's just it got a bit. I got a bit too much of that, mm. and I just needed you know them together. And obviously, what season three did was brought Dustin and Steve massively together mm. and they became like basically they're going to be together always and i love them together but i think losing dustin from the group just makes it the group lesser yeah um so yeah like I say, it's still i mean you know i'm i i still absolutely love it but yeah it, on rewatch i didn't think as highly of it and actually rewatching two after a, a while away from two i did appreciate it quite a bit mm. um but I think they're all they're all pretty, you know. They're, uh, two and three are close to each other. Yeah. Um. You know, one one is still the ultimate. Yeah, um, I definitely I I want to rewatch it. Like I'm now I'm thinking like, oh man, do I watch it all? Like because I've still I've still got a bit of time. Um, it's not that bad when you think about it. Mm, you know, you, you can climb through it quite quite quickly. I do want to. My my next big tv though was obviously moon Knight um because i haven't started mm. that yet and i think it's like episode five drops this week and i think there's only six so i like i was waiting there to binge it six, yeah, yeah so now is the perfect time to like binge it already for the finale so i'm pr- I'm gonna hopefully try and start that in the next week um because yeah I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to that um we we, we kind of talked about it on the show a while ago because that's got like the was it the dual directors that did oh god what was that sci-fi movie that they did that we really liked i can't remember it now off the top of my head um but they like they were involved in moon knight i really like oscar isaac obviously marvel have pretty much nailed like all of most of their tv shows um so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that um yeah i've only watched one episode so far because i decided i just wanted to because it's this i I don't mind when it's like a an established character and mm. you're getting these little pieces of it because you kind of just savor in it but with him it's this brand new character in this brand new world i i enjoyed the first episode but it was just all so new and i'm like who is this character what is moon knight what is what what the fuck is this and Mm. i I just needed more and i'm like no i need i need to see a few in a go in one go because i need to just absorb this new character in this new world yeah i'm glad you said that because that's that was exactly my thinking of why i did it (laughs) like i had i had a suspicion that this was going to be a lot and it was going to be so different where it's very different and it is a lot and 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 yeah now i'll i'll re-watch episode one Mm. and basically just do it in one go yeah yeah, I'm looking forward um, to it. Yeah, and and you'll be pleased to know we're back on a break of uh, Walking Dead. Oh, thank God. Yeah, season 11 part B <laughs> has now ended, <laughs> and part C is coming later in 2022. I love that not only is the show dog shit, but it has, like, the worst release schedule of a TV show I've ever seen. Like, it, it actually not, infuriates me the way they release the show. You know, just have short seasons. Mm. Why? Because season one was only six episodes. Yeah. So it's not like they're going. They're going against like, oh, every season has to be twenty. Mm. It's like because well, that's such an old-fashioned thing for TV now as well. Like, there's never TV yeah. shows never like I remember like for Lost, it was like every season pretty much, other than the last one, is like twenty yeah. episodes, and it's like and they're, yeah. and they're long as well. Like yeah. that's such a classic TV thing. It's wild. Like we've just gone. Like say what Stranger Things isn't there? Was it like eight episodes a season or something? Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's twenty four. Twenty four broke TV for a while because it was so formulaic, (laughs) uh, because it needed to be by nature. That um, that now every TV show feels like it needs to be like that. But but yeah, I I gotta say, like I I I got in my groove with with this like part B of season eleven, where I was like, I kind of was enjoying the arc that they were creating more than I have for a little while. it's very weird though because I'm not sure if it's. I don't know how many episodes are meant to be in this. I think we're on six, episode sixteen now. Um, two eights makes sense. So I think. So I don't know now whether we're going to have the third chunk of eight episodes and then that's it forever. 
you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this is going to be the final season. Obviously, we, we know it's not the final season. We know that it's all it's going to do is create spin-offs slash movies. But it really doesn't feel like it's remotely building up to, like, a finale of, of this show. Mm. Um, and, and the problem is, I don't know what the finale of this show would be at this point, you know, other, other than Rick coming back, basically. Like, but surely that's... that's the, I mean, they've already confirmed that for the movies, though, so... Well, exactly, but like other because because the the world of Walking Dead, like I can't even begin to try to explain to you where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, um, I really don't care either. With, no, but like with people and communities and everything else, and so it just feels like the you know the whole point of Walking Dead when it was created as a comic book is that it's just this world that never ends, yeah. and the, and the torch just keeps getting passed over. And I think the TV show is doing a. You know, it's doing an, a good job of that. Like, you know, there are now new characters that I like. There are now older characters that are going away. M- not many of them are dying. They just kind of fuck off, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's the biggest kind of pet peeve about it. But, yeah, it just um, – it, it's weird because it just – I don't really know what they're gearing up to to be like, that's The Walking Dead. You know, that, that they've we've completed Walking Dead. <laughs> you know, there's not like there's a cure no. or there's like a, a, an island in the sun. It'll just be like, oh, okay, well, we beat those bad guys and now we'll live in this shitty world with zombies, I guess. That's what and I assumed it would be, is it, they'll end at like a neutral yeah. point where there'll be certain antagonists that get yeah. defeated and then they'll be in a somewhat peaceful way and then i think there will be a like say they'll definitely do some sort of tease with rick like he'll probably show up and they'll they'll at least lay the foundations for whatever the movies are going to be yeah i mean we've got the biggest community that we've ever seen in walking dead and and there's there's a you know there's um you know unrest and and Mm. and and battle going on with the commonwealth and it's clearly going to be that just getting defeated by our main characters is how it's going to end but it just that just feels like another cog in the system you know they beat negan they beat the whisperers you know they beat whatever they they survived the prison you know you'll, you'll know that one the governor yeah um that was you, I know, and it's just, you know exactly and it's just you know it is just that cycle so you know it doesn't feel like a, a but a particularly you know special finale one it's just you know why not got end at some point viewership's going down so this show just makes me feel like a zombie even when i try and just think about it it's just it's just exhausting like it sh- it's like the opposite of how i view entertainment which is supposed to fill you with kind of like joy and excitement it really is this most the chore filled thing especially the way you describe watching well. it where you're like oh god i've got all these episodes to get through like it is like this little part-time job that they've kind of like enabled everyone yeah. to do over years of conditioning it's, it's 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 truly one of the most crazy tv shows ever considering how long it's it's stayed in the zeitgeist for it's truly remarkable it's weird as well because when you watch it they they, like some of the zombie stuff and some of the kills and that that it it all looks really good and i'm just so numb to it oh yeah i mean that is almost disappointing where there's the standard of zombies now is so good on a tv show that it is has made it unfair because you can't blow people's minds with anything zombies now you you have to do something crazy and completely different i remember in the episode so, so i watched the the kind of part b finale um earlier today and like there was this one bit where kind of like a machete just cuts slices a zombie head off horizontally mm. and then the face slides off. And I was just like looking at it, like just glazed over, like, yeah, zombies, <laughs> in it. Let's get back to the people. Because that's what I've got at this point. I'm like, zombies are just so boring in this world because l- literally six-year-old kids are just wrecking them. So I'm just like, yeah, and I've... Our characters have been in scenarios where there are thousands of zombies and they always survive. So zombies are just inconsequential to the world mm. now. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's a wild show. It is a wild show. It really is. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Next week, who knows? We'll, we'll find something to chat about. There's a. Uh... There's actually yeah. there's quite a lot of stuff like this looks interesting on demand, but um, interesting can mean many different so did, things. So did Choose or Die, bro. Gonna say, so did a lot of movies, you know. Like sometimes you get a good one, sometimes you get Choose or Die. So that's the uh, that's the the plethora. Nice, we play every week. Exactly. Like th- that's the funny thing is that we play this game every goddamn week when we when we pick a <laughs> horror movie for the podcast. Like this is my own <laughs> yeah, personal yeah, hell every week. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
can I watch Walking Dead? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we are the true gluttons of punishment here. Like we are the real cursor. Um, but yeah, that was episode two hundred and ninety-five. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't believe because I never could. How could I start now? Hurry up now, it's now.